Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. So on today's podcast, what Julie and I are going to be doing is explaining with enough detail that all of you will walk away feeling like you've learned a lot and you can apply that knowledge and help you to help people and make money. We're going to be explaining the difference, uh, differences in different types of mortgages that are out there. Now, why are we doing this? Because many of you are frankly walking around with a lot of misinformation about the different types of mortgage products out there, and it's costing you deals. How do I know that's true? Because Julie and I trip over the uh, agents saying things with a lot of authority that are completely wrong about the different types of mortgage products. That's right. So this is how you're going to overcome the number one buyer objection. And we're also going to talk about it from the listing side in a second. Buyers are saying things like, I don't want to pay these high interest rates and high mortgage payments. I'm going to wait for the rates to come down. Well, they don't actually have to wait. You don't have to wait. They just have to utilize a different type of mortgage. Now, there are several ways to overcome higher rates. We're going to show you the top three, and we're going to give you enough information to make you dangerous, and you're going to take it the rest of the way or join coaching, okay? Because this is a podcast. This is not a coaching session. And this is great information, as always, to use if you're uh, training your team, your brokerage. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you're going to do a, a buyer seminar, and you want to give them the drill down on all of the rest of it. But really, it's knowledge equals confidence. Ignorance equals fear. You've got to know this stuff so you feel, frankly, capable and competent in the marketplace to be working with people. Because guess what? This marketplace is going to introduce or force all of us to relearn a lot of the sort of different mortgage products that are out there because 30-year fixed rate mortgages until the rates come down to a more, or frankly, if you're doing new construction, mm -hmm. you're going to be looking at a lot of folks that are going to be looking for ways to make the payment more manageable. That's right. So there are several ways to actually close at a lower interest rate than the going rate. We're going to show you the top three. Those three things are buy downs, paying discount points, and adjustable rate mortgages, otherwise known as ARMS. So this information is not just for buyer's agents. It's also for listing agents to understand how these programs actually work. Frank, now, frankly, it's mostly for listing agents because a lot of listing agents are uh, turning away offers that are very viable because they don't understand the nature of the mortgage. We talked about this the yep. other day when we were talking about first responder type loans. Like you'll get a VA or an FHA loan and, you know, Mr. Listing Agent, and you'll just shoot it down because somebody told you that those are whatever, whatever, exactly. you know, you don't have actual experience and you're listening to people. Uh, you're getting advice from people that don't, guess what, have actual experience. And you're costing yourself a transaction. You're costing the buyer agent a transaction. But you're also costing, in that case that I just gave you, maybe a veteran an opportunity to buy a house. Yeah, that's exactly right. So remember, just because a buyer asks for closing costs or is getting a mortgage that's not a standard 30-year fixed does not automatically make them a risky buyer. Maybe they're just getting a lower rate, so they have lower payments. That is a big mistake that I'm seeing mostly from listing agents. As you said, they're shooting down perfectly good stuff. Okay, so note to self, credit scores are at an all-time nationwide high. Home equity is high. We've talked about this on previous pods. Uh, 30, 60, and 90-day late payments are at an all-time low. This means that most buyers are in a strong position to buy, and they are likely just taking advantage of different types of loan products versus choosing an inferior loan product at, like some listing agents believe. See, what's happened is because you guys are so used to standard issue 30-year fixed 
A lot of agents think in their head that anything that isn't like that must be subprime or it must be too risky. There's something wrong with it. Let's take that to the next level. I don't think, okay, agents, now that we're exposing all this to you and there's tens of thousands that are going to hear this, now it is on you to learn what we're going to expose you to and drill down and even learn it more. But I think really the real root of the problem are loan officers who don't know how to do anything other than refis and 30-year fixed-rate mortgages Mm -hmm. and or... Uh, they don't actually have within their mortgage uh, business different types of products other than traditional 30-year fixed rate mortgages. So Larry, the lender who you love, is uh, not going to be able to work with you in a uh, mortgage environment like this because the actual essentially list of different mortgage products he has is not versatile enough. And you're going to have to open your mind to the fact that buyers are more qualified right now than you actually think they are. Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, some of those buyers are actually going to be sellers as well. You guys getting the point here? The reason that the market is so, I think, uh, you know, the feeling the way it does, a lot of it has to do with lack of knowledge amongst the professionals that are supposed to be doing the transactions. And you may have to change the lenders you're working with. You know, um, of course, I listened to a podcast about this. <laughs> um, a lot of the small and medium-sized uh, lenders are actually going out of business because their refi business dried up and because they don't have all the products that are needed in this market. And they also don't know how to work and do anything other than refi. That's right. So you may have to actually change your mix of lenders. Or if you are a mortgage lender listening, and we are very mortgage lender friendly, Many of you are joining our coaching program and getting real estate licenses. Um, you might need to expand what your offerings are or, you know, talk to whoever's in charge about that. So, By, by the way, yeah. we know we're giving you a lot of information. What we're trying to do is open your mind to all the amazing frankly, information is out there for you to learn because once you have this knowledge, it's going to give you an unfair advantage in the marketplace when you're talking with a prospective buyer or seller. But don't worry if you're missing any of the points from today's show. The notes are down below. Scroll down, open up the show description. They're all there waiting for you. And of course, as always, you can also join Premier Coaching. It costs you nothing. So listing agents, do your research before you shoot down a buyer just because you've never heard of their loan program or because you believe that adjustable rate mortgages are evil and have a terrible reputation. A lot of that is a hangover from things that you might have heard about from the housing crash, but that doesn't mean it's the same product. But again, it might be not things that you heard from the housing crash. It may be your office manager or your mentor or your quote unquote coach heard from the housing crash. When when you're going through the process of learning who you should be listening to if and taking advice from, you got to be ultra careful because one little bit of information, just look at what Julie and I have exposed you to. So let's say you're walking around with this uh, attitude that arms are terrible, but arms can make it so that a lot more people can have, let's say, fixed rate mortgages for the next five or seven years. That's what an adjustable rate mortgage is, meaning a lot more people can buy a house. So because you think arms are awful, you turn down that, again, veteran buyer that's going to do an FHA arm, let's say, whereas had that person bought that house because of inflation and depreciation, say for 400000 and over the next, say, five years during that time when they had that adjustable rate mortgage, that house could have appreciated by over $100,000. You just took from that, op- that from that person, in my case, a, a veteran, the opportunity to build some significant equity in their property. You got to be opening your eyes to mm-hmm. the importance of having this information because at the end of the day, listeners, your job is to be of service to other people. How many people can you be of service to if you don't know how to actually do the job? Exactly. So we're going to look at three common ways to close at less than the going 30-year fixed rate. Buy-downs. Now, I want you to separate all these because a lot of these terms sound similar. A buy-down is a mortgage where the buyer obtains a lower interest rate for at least the first few years of their loan. 
There are different types of buy-downs. A 2-1 buy-down is where the buyer has a lower rate for the first two years of the loan. A 3-1 is for the first three years of the loan. They buy down the fee, that's known as points, that can be paid by the seller on behalf of the buyer or by the buyer themselves voluntarily. When a buyer asks for closing costs to be paid by the seller, this is where the money can go, for example. Okay. Now, builders, as we discussed on yesterday and the day before our podcast, utilize this type of finance, financing routinely. That's why closing on new construction is likely to have a lower interest rate, thus a lower payment. And sometimes you can buy the rate down on an adjustable rate mortgage. So an adjustable rate mortgage is already going to have a lower rate, and sometimes you can buy that rate down even lower. That's right. You can kind of mix these. Okay. Well, you're getting complicated now. I know, All right. but still. <laughs> now, since builders subsidize lower mortgage interest rates, a buyer might have the same payment on a higher priced build home uh, using builder financing as they would on a typical 30-year fixed rate at the going rate on a resale home. And we talked a lot about that on previous pods. Whether it's a home builder or a resale seller who's subsidizing the rate buy down, typically the price is raised to compensate. So we're going to take a couple of examples. I'm going to do these kind of fast because you guys can get the notes. On a 3-2-1 buy down, the buyer has lower payments for the first three years. For each of those first three years, their interest rate then goes up by 1% annually. The full interest rate then applies beginning the fourth year of the loan. They can, however, refinance or sell the home at any time. Now, a 2-1 buy-down, the discount is applied for the first two years, providing a 2% lower interest rate for the first year, then a 1% rate discount for the second year, and then the third year it adjusts to the actual rate. Now, the buyer on their own behalf or the seller or even the builder pays the lender for the subsidy, and it is paid at closing. Now, buyers can qualify easier with lower rates and enjoy lower payments for the first couple to few years of the loan, if it's a two-buy-down or a three-year buy-down. This makes sense especially for buyers who expect their incomes to rise or add a spouse's income in the next few years. I remember we closed some of these with doctor clients. Yeah. Okay. Now, when they were still in medical when school. When they were still in medical school. Now, some of you guys would shoot that out. Oh, it's a 3-2-1 buy-down. I've never heard of that. That must be risky. Well, in fact, it's a pretty kick-ass borrower that's going to make more and more money, and it's the right product for them. Jules, we've had coaching clients that make a fortune off working with doctors that are in residency. Yes. Who know, and there's special, guess what, listeners? There's special programs just for doctors who are in residency that a lot of the lenders offer, especially the local banks that you don't know about because you haven't asked yet, where it's exactly what Julie and I just said. They will be able to get loans with basically no money down. Even with tons of uh, student, student loan, loan debt, right. right? But why? Because remember, we usually talk about risk management with lenders in kind of a yucky light that they're making it harder. In this case, they actually believe more because they're doctors, they know their income's going to go up, they know they're going to pay off their student loans, and they probably have really killer credit. So here's a case where the agent perception might be completely different than the lender perception, and they're actually shooting down a really great qualified buyer just because of the type of loan they well, have. Well, the agent's perception, not to the lender, but the agent's perception versus, say, the loan product. Exactly. I said that wrong. Yeah, You're right. No problem. Okay, so let's do the math. Here's some examples of how a buy-down mortgage can work. Say you're borrowing 250000 with a 30-year fixed rate at six and three quarters. You can choose between a 2-1 buy-down or a 3-2-1 buy-down, but here's how the payments would be. On a 2-1 buy-down, okay, year one. And this is this is as of two days ago. As of two days ago. Let's, let's say that the going rate is just under seven because we're all expecting to land somewhere around there. Okay, so the going rate 30-year fixed, you would have closed at six and three quarters. But remember, on a 2-1 buy-down, you have two points lower starting on the first year. 
So again, the uh, you're borrowing two hundred fifty thousand dollars down. Year one, the payment is thirteen oh four because you're only at guess what a four point seven per five percent interest rate. Year two, it goes to fourteen fifty nine. That's at five and three quarters, and then year three is sixteen twenty two at the full six and three quarters interest rate. If okay. rates were to all of a sudden plummet, that you can refinance out of this as well too. So then do it and fix mind. the rate, right? And, but just make sure, listen, there's no prepayment penalty. Those are super rare, but write that down. Never forget, make sure there's no prepayment penalty. That's right. Now the buy down fee, what did it cost the borrower of this $250,000, okay? What did it cost them to make their payments lower for year one and year two? The buy down fee for this loan would be $5,759. Now, if you did the three to one buy down, your loan uh, would, I'm sorry, your, your payment would start even lower at 1158 because you're only at three and three quarters. Then the next year, 1304, 1459, and then 1622 when it goes to the full uh, amount, right? So here's the thing. Meanwhile, the buy down for that one increases on the, the when you do a three to one, now it's $11,000. So if a buyer is considering a buy down, they should look beyond the initial low payment period to determine whether the costs involved in the near term are actually worth the savings, right? Depends on what's important to them. Let's, so let's, uh, we don't, I mean, this doesn't necessarily, all the numbers don't translate very well to a podcast, but here's yeah. the big takeaway. Let's say, for example, you're dealing with a, a home seller that's sitting on a mountain of equity in their home, as most sellers are. And let's say they're real skittish about the interest rate on whatever they want to buy. Let's say they want to go from their $400,000 house that they owe two hundred dollars on, and they want to buy something for $1.2 million, but they just can't wrap their mind around the interest rate. They have a lot of equity. They can buy that interest rate down. They can get that payment to exactly where they want it to be. Yes. You got to maybe that was an extreme example, four hundred to one point two. But you guys get the point. But they're doing it voluntarily. You don't have. You know, we think of this as builders do this all the time. Any borrower can do this on almost any type of loan. Now, note to self: not all types of loans are type or types of homes can be uh, using a buy down. FHA and USDA loans have additional requirements, and you should always monitor for prepayment penalties, as you said. So what if a buyer wants to lock in a lower rate for a longer period of time? We were just talking about the buy-down, which is usually a 2-1 or a 3-2-1. What if they want a longer period of, of a better uh, interest rate? A buyer can choose to pay the lender upfront, which is at closing, for what's called discount points. So this is a little bit different. What is a discount point? They are prepaid interest that the borrower can purchase to lower their rate on subsequent monthly payments. They are a one-time fee paid up front at, during either a normal purchase or later you can do this on a refinance as well. Each discount point costs 1% of the total loan amount, not the purchase price, the loan amount, and lowers the loan's interest rate by one-eighth to one-quarter of a percent. It's not one-to-one -one like some people think. It, it's uh, you know 1% of the loan amount one-eighth to one-quarter percent lower. Check with individual lenders about their rules and requirements because it's not all the same lender to lender. Now, discount points do not have to be paid out of the buyer's pocket, though they can be. The buyer can ask the seller to pay for discount points or the builder in a new construction purchase. Sometimes the seller will raise the purchase price to make up for their contribution. The house still has to appraise for the higher amount. Builders who subsidize loans usually already have that baked into the price, so you don't even have to negotiate that part, mostly with new construction. Discount points make more sense if a buyer is going to keep the house for a longer period of time and less sense if they're going to potentially sell in a shorter period of time. If it's a shorter period of time, you would have done the buy-down instead, 
because maybe you're going to sell in three years. If you're worried about the appraisal, uh, which you should be, you're going to want to then maybe ask for a full asking price, assuming it's priced correctly, and then ask for the seller to contribute to the buyer's uh, buy-down points or, or closing costs and the rest of it too. So keep that in yeah, mind. And by the way, if you're a listing agent sitting on a house that hasn't sold and you're thinking about a price reduction of $20,000, maybe instead you do $10,000 towards a buyer's buy-down or discount points and you sell it instantly because you just gave the buyer that money. Or offering to pay their property taxes for a year or offering to pay their HOA fees for a year, offering to pay all kinds of things. There's a lot of ways to avoid the uncomfortable, Mr. Seller, it's time for us to discuss repositioning your house on the market to correctly reflect the buyer's expectation, right? Never say lower the price. That's a surefire way to get fired. But even that conversation, even with our fancy script, is still going to raise the yeah. cackles of most sellers. So it might be a smart idea for you then to not necessarily go after the price, but offer more incentives to the buyer and the buyer's agent to want to sell your house over another one. People, no matter, and this is true, this has actually surprised me, no matter what uh, the cost of the whatever is, uh, people are very payment shoppy, <laughs> really. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, people are payment shoppers more than price shoppers. That's how people think, right or wrong, judge it or not. So there it is. That's right. So, and by the way, we've done entire podcasts about 12 ways to sell your house that you're listing that's not selling. This is one of them yep. is contributing uh, to the buyer's loan. Okay. So buying discount points can reduce the rate and lock it in for the life of the loan. That makes it better than a buy down. But again, it matters how long you plan on being in the house. Well, it's because the same amount of money, if you're doing a discount point, will buy the rate down more if you're just doing your previous option, right? Yes. So for the you could actually spend a little bit less money and you could uh, and do a, a two one buy down or whatever. Maybe it's a three one or a four one. Who knows? Yep. But uh, versus an actual discount points, you know, Julie gave you an example that discount point might only buy uh, buying a discount point down might cost the same as doing a two one or a three one arm. But you're only put, you know, it's it, you're only with, getting a quarter point off. Exactly. Like so that. it's a lot less or an eighth of a point. Yeah. But, you know, a, a really great lender can do a side by side comparison yep. and give you your options. Right. OK. So buying discount points can uh, get it locked in for the life of the loan. It is not the same as an adjustable rate mortgage. We're going to talk about that next. The adjustable rate mortgage is locked in for a limited time period, commonly five, seven or sometimes 10 years and then adjusts to a variable rate. I know this stuff is confusing. I'm not expecting you guys to become loan officers unless you already are one. Now let's define what the word variable rate means. The variable rate usually means in the mortgage that after 10 years, it's going to adjust whatever to whatever the market, the prevailing market rate is. And it might be like, and they're going to write in the mortgage exactly how they're going to figure out what the, uh, essentially what the market, what it's tied to, what it's tied to. Exactly. We'll get into a little, not too many weeds, but a little bit. Okay. So adjustable rate mortgages, these are called arms. Okay. They have features of both fixed and adjustable mortgages. It's fixed for the first five, seven or 10 years. And then the rest of the loan becomes adjustable. But remember, again, you can always refinance or sell the home at any time. That's but so again, adjustable meaning that it's going to adjust after the initial uh, arm after the initial fixed part of the loan. Exactly. Then it's going to adjust wherever the prevailing rate is. That's right. So so it's not like you're going to wake up every day and like be playing mortgage interest rate <laughs> roulette. Exactly. Yeah. No, you'll know what's going on. Okay. Now, for example. In a 5-1 adjustable rate mortgage, the rate is fixed at a lower rate than the 30-year, but it's fixed for only five years. In a 7-1 arm, you have a lower rate for seven years, and then the rate adjusts. It then adjusts every year starting the sixth year based on the performance of a benchmark rate. There are usually caps to how far it can adjust 
during any period. So for example, if your adjustable rate you closed at uh, five and three quarters when the 30 year maybe was seven, and you have that fixed for those five years, the sixth year, you're not gonna wake up and it's gonna be five points higher. Most of these, I've read a lot of these, most of these will have a cap of two, you know, 2% 2 higher or 3% higher, somewhere in there. They also have a low end cap where, because it can actually adjust lower. Yeah. Nobody ever thinks about that, do they? Okay, so did you know that if a buyer pays their own discount points, it can also be tax deductible? The IRS actually considers discount points to be prepaid mortgage interest because that's what it is. And as such, they are generally tax deductible over the life of the loan. If they had the home purchase meet certain conditions, they can be fully deductible for the year that it was paid as well. Little known fact. Okay, so discount points can sometimes be negotiated with the lender to actually get more discount for less cash up front. If the borrower, for example, has especially high credit, a great job history, strong ratios, and a good down payment, they're in a great position to negotiate. It's also advantageous to shop these programs with different lenders since they do have some wiggle room, different lender overlays, and special offers. Now, here's something, some of these things I know make you guys nervous because I hear about too many people shooting it down. But here's a fact. Lenders actually like to receive discount point money because it's cash up front versus receiving that money over a time via the interest rate. This might seem like an unusual conversation given the years and years of 3.5% mortgages, but it's actually quite common practice. You just have to know about it. Knowledge equals confidence, ignorance equals fear. So homework for you is to actually sit down. Maybe take your favorite lenders out to coffee. Take two or three of them out, loan uh -huh. originators. They take you they out. They should take you out. That's <laughs> exactly. true. Good they point. Good out. point. <laughs> Unless you have Starbucks cards laying around. Okay. So yes, have them take you to coffee. Ask them to explain how their buy-downs, discount points, and adjustable rate mortgages work. Remember yesterday, or a couple days ago, podcast about first responders. Do they have any special first responder loans? Do they have special deals for teachers, policemen, firemen? Doctors, okay, you don't have to know everything about this, but you should be fluent in what's available to your buyers. The more you know, the more deals you can do because you'll be talking about all this stuff and you won't just say, you know, the, really the, the impetus for this podcast was how to overcome the buyer's objection. I don't want to pay high rates. I'm out of the market for a while. By educating your buyers about options, you might remotivate them to get back in the saddle. Exactly. And again, how many of your buyers are actually, you know, also sellers, people that have houses to sell. This is how we fix the inventory problem in the United States. 100%. We just finished a two-day uh, series on new construction. We've done lots of uh, podcasts and lots of training in premier coaching about new construction. Well, the next leg of that learning is going to learn how to basically help people with different mortgage scenarios. How many of you right now, after listening to this podcast, are feeling a little overwhelmed? I'm going to guess a lot of you. That's Okay. Allow yourself to feel overwhelmed. There's, um, I think it's Maslow's levels of mastery or learning, right? Yeah. Uh, Julie's looking at me because she's trying to see if I'm going to get this right. I'm probably not. Maslow's hierarchy. Or no, 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 no. The, no, the levels different. of mastery. Oh, levels of mastery, yes. Was it Maslow? I, anyway. I, so first, don't make me look stuff up while I'm talking. <laughs> right. The first one is unconscious. Incompetence. Incompetence. The next one is conscious incompetence. Then it's Conscious incompetence, then unconscious competence. I know they all sound the same, but basically you're moving from not knowing what you don't know. In okay? other words, you're walking around in blissfully a, bl ignorant. a blissful cloud of ignorance. And you're, oh my gosh, the market's so tough. There's no inventory. None of my buyers are qualified. There's blah, 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 blah. That is your first level. 
And what we're trying to do, especially on today's podcast, is shock you out of that first level because we want you to embrace the fact that once you are willing to say, oh my gosh, there's so much I don't know, move quickly to that next phase where you're consciously incompetent. When you're consciously incompetent, that's when you're going to be a sponge for new information, but that's where the magic happens. And that's why most of you join coaching when you have that aha moment and you say, gosh, instead of waiting for the market to magically rain listings on me and turn around and make all my buyers qualify and be enthusiastic about everything all the time, maybe I've got to find out some more tools for my toolkit so that I can be more of a problem solver and help more people. Your advantage in this marketplace does not come from buying buyer leads or from essentially doing a bunch of things that are you know passive lead generation. Your advantage from in this marketplace comes from your willingness and your eagerness and your enthusiasm to help people. And the only way you're going to be able to help people is if you earn the right to help them. And earn the right is not paying referral fees. Earn the right to help them from the knowledge that you have, from the skill set that you can pass along and your quest to be of service to them. That is where you're going to find an unlimited amount of opportunity. You have to lock in to the fact that your highest and truest purpose in this plant is to be of service to other people. The only way, just to repeat what I just said, that you're going to allow, the only way the market's going to give you the opportunity to help a bunch of folks is if you have the knowledge that they need in a marketplace like this. Do you guys see the advantage you could have with understanding just the surface level of what Julie and I just presented to you? Do you see how that's going to make you more confident, being willing to have more conversations because you can help more people? Is this the way you want to go in your career? Of course it is, especially since all of you guys are the smartest, brightest, best looking real estate agents on planet earth. Otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So guys, thank you for keeping this the number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. As always, it is our truest honor and our pleasure to be of service to all of you. So if there's ever anything that we can do for you, or if you have any show ideas, because all the podcasts in the past like 10 days have come from people messaging us with questions and and I'll encourage you to do the same. You can message Julie and I over on Instagram at Tim and Julie, or you can also text me directly. And this is my real cell phone number, but text don't call because I won't answer. 512-758-0206. Let us know what you want us to drill down on. And we will, of course, do it. And we will do our best to keep you guys on the forefront of what is working in this marketplace so you can be of service to more people. And then everything that you want in life, business and personal, will certainly follow. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.